As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 145. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. This show is brought to you by my sponsor, Audible.com. If you're like me, you like to read, but you're having trouble finding the time to squeeze in all those great books, well, Audible.com is a perfect solution. Audiobooks are great. I never thought I would like them, but I love them now. It's a great way to get caught up. I listen to and get caught up on the book as I'm driving to work, if I'm exercising, any free time, working out in the yard, I can get caught up in all my reading. You can go to uh, my website, doseofleadership.com slash audible, and you can uh, download a free audiobook. Any audiobook they have, over 100,000 titles to choose from, you can download it for free, listen to it. You can sign up for 30 days with no obligation. If you don't like it after 30 days, you can cancel your subscription. But again, it's no risk to you. Go check out doseofleadership.com slash audible and make your smartphone smarter. Well, I'm so excited to have on my show today, Eve Wright-Taylor. She's the author of a brand new book entitled Life at the Speed of Passion, Create a Life of Intention, Purpose, and Integrity. She's the Vice President and Associate General Counsel for the Miami Heat and the American Airlines Arena. Her track record of success ranges from the corporate law firm setting to the Ladies Professional Golf Association, LPGA, and the member team of the National Basketball Association. She believes that positive results don't happen all by themselves. If anything, there has to be an action or event that propels things into motion to produce winning results. She believes many people rush into life headlong without ever pausing to kick the tires on their chosen profession. Eve, thank you so much for coming. Welcome to the Dose of Leadership podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so excited that you're here. You know, we were talking a little bit in the pre-interview and, uh, you know, we were kind of, I was kind of telling my story about how this podcast started. You know, one thing that really resonated with me is, is your idea about intention and purpose you know you've got an amazing story tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you've got where you're at and why you're so passionate about leadership well that's a long story but i'm happy to share it with you um i i, I this is an evolution to be honest with you i mean certainly there are some things about my personality i'm generally a pretty persistent person i'm very um sort of i believe that closed mouths don't get fed but all of those skills together, you don't always know what direction you're going in or how to navigate that. Right. So um, over my career, I've, I've, been, I've had the good fortune of kind of shortening my learning curve, um, relying on some experiences of other people, the experiences of other people who have been there and done that 
So I take from those nuggets and have been able to develop strategies and techniques that I share in this book. How do you get to where you want to be? How do you figure out um, what your dream is as opposed to what other people tell you your life should look like? Right. And then how you put the pieces together to achieve that. You know, you said some great things there. I mean, what, you know, I think for me, I know for so many times I felt like I had to do what I thought other people thought was best for me. Does that make sense? Instead of kind of following my, oh, absolutely. my passion's dream. Why do you think we do that? Well, look, I mean, there are expectations and I think there are people in our lives who love us and care about us, but they, you know, want certain things. You should be a lawyer. You should be a doctor. And, you know, there's certain status uh, symbols or status expectations that you that they'll say, oh, you have to have the white picket fence and, and the 2.5 kids and this, that, and the other. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think living by that's living by other people's terms, and it's just it's, it's probably easier, but it's just simply not as fulfilling. When you actually take a little bit of time to figure out what you're interested in, or just and even if you don't know, pursue different things. And then you can start to try to craft your life around those things that resonate with you and ultimately make money, but, but, but to do those things that you're passionate about so that you can have the best life you, what you see for yourself. So how did it start for you? I mean, where do, you know, here you are, a young woman. Where did you want to be? I mean, obviously, did you have it in your mind that you wanted to be where you're at today? I mean, how did it start for you? Honestly, I didn't think I would be in sports um, just because my view of sports law was very, very narrow. Um, I knew, like, I always kind of knew I wanted to be a lawyer, but frankly, that wasn't even based on <laughs> what I knew to be the daily in and out of being a lawyer very early on. Uh, you know, if, if you listen, if you talk to some of my family and friends, they're like, oh yeah, we knew she was going to be a lawyer because she's not afraid to stand up and say what she thinks is right. <laughs> she just knew she's going to be a litigator. I'm actually not a litigator. I'm on the business side. I'm like, let's make a deal, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but in terms of sports law, my view was from an agency side. I interned at a sports entertainment law boutique firm, and I said, yeah, that's, that's really high maintenance. That's not for me. What I did recognize early on is that I had to find a place, a space that fit my personality um, and what I could give to people and what I couldn't give to people um, on that level. And so, lo and behold, I've, I've had this magnificent career. You know, like I say that magnificent, certainly people achieve more, but it's magnificent to me because I get the flexibility to do new things and explore new things um, while still working on a very myriad of interesting um, matters. And it just happens to be professional sports, so that's exciting. I also serve as on the board of directors for USA Track and Field, so that's another wow. kind of piece that has segment um, that career in sports. Okay, so, well. so looking from the outside, you know, and I have uh, four daughters, and my oldest is um, she's going to be a senior in high school next year. My youngest is a, a third grader, mm-hmm. and, and obviously, talk and 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 we sit there, and and especially from a woman's perspective, you know, you've here you are, sports attorney, a business executive, you're an entrepreneur. I mean, you're married too, right? And 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 you have yeah. and and you have kids. I mean, man, you have got a full plate. You know what is what is what do you say to? I'm sure people ask you, and I'm asking you here. How do you balance it all? What, how do you make sure your priorities are right? Because if people listen to this show that know, I lost that that sense. I it became so unbalanced on my end. I was so focused on the career side that I lost sight of the family and the marriage there for a while. How do you keep it all in perspective? Well, 
So, I, you know, again, this is kind of a personality thing for me because, it, and while I focused a long time on my career, I said, you know what, at the end of the day, I, I don't know that I'm going to feel good if only my career is right and nothing else in my life. I can't, I, I can't explore the other things in my life that I'm interested in, like being an author, like traveling, um, being married and having a family and all that sort of thing now. We just have one daughter. Um, so, <laughs> for, <laughs> for people with multiple kids, that's a whole different issue. Uh, but I will say, lots of people ask about balance. How do you find balance? I don't feel like I have balance, to be perfectly honest with yeah. you. I don't. What I do is I prioritize what's important to me. Yeah. <laughs> and what's important to me is I just spend some time with my family, spend some time developing my daughter. She's, you know, fairly young. She's a toddler. Um, I got to spend some time on me because that makes me feel good about me. So that's my physical fitness and health and well-being. I kind of went through this whole transformation a few years back from being, um, you know, diagnosed as really pre-diabetic to then ultimately changing my lifestyle to become a fitness competitor. Um, So, you know, there are just some things that I say, these are my priorities. And then of those priorities, this is what I need to do in each particular day. I love um, Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say I love the fact that you said it's priorities. Because I, I think sometimes, and I'm guilty of this, is that when you get kind of caught up in the race, <clears throat> there's a lot of things that you can intentionally cut out. It's having that kind of di- the discipline to, uh, what do I say, make decisions, I guess. Because when, mm-hmm. when you put things in a priority list instead of a to-do list, I guess is my point, it kind of forces you to make decisions, I guess, and, and, and be intentional about what your priorities are. And that kind of – I love what you said about that. Anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's okay. And, and really to that point, look, there are things on my list that while they are important in some regards, they're just not my priorities. Right. So it, it could be a month or two before I get – I finally circle around to it. But – you know, in terms of, okay, everything is always in a balance. I I just don't, it, 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 some people have that, I don't have that. For me, it's what's important to me, and then for me to accomplish those things or work within that framework. I, right lo- I love that you said that, and I, and I agree with you. I don't think that, I think the balance thing is a myth. I think that, you, number one, I don't think you can have it, you know, some of the other cliches, that can you, how do you have it all? Well, you can't have it all. You know, like you said, if you have the priorities, there's certain things that, sit on the back burner or don't even happen at all, you know, because you're, yeah. you're constantly reevaluating your priorities, I guess, on a daily basis, right? I mean, this is something that you have to do intentionally day by day by day. This isn't something that just, hap- you know, happens. You have to be intentional about it. You have to work at it. Absolutely. And, and look, and I also think while, while you can be apologized, because lots of people want your time and attention, right. and, and while you can be certainly apologetic about, you know, I can't, I'm, I'm just really sorry, I can't participate in what you're doing, maybe a few months we can kind of reconvene and figure out a way to work together or figure out a way to work together in another capacity. Uh, but what I don't think um, we should do is beat ourselves up because we can't be everything to everybody. Yes. Amen. Yeah, I love that. And I think that's that's how you achieve what you want to do. You know, that's when you start listening to your, if, if you have a priority list, number one, you're listening to your heart a little more. You're more in tune with, with your heart and what's important to you. And it helps you streamline your decision making process. I, you know, what I find ama- what I found amazing. The more that I started doing, kind of what what you started doing, I realized how much time I was wasting on kind of non productive stuff. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, the, yep. the more entrepreneurial I became, the more I realized, God, I'm watching a lot of 
you know, time suck TV. It's just sucking the time out of my life, you know, and, and I'm not doing anything, right? There's so many things we can be doing that, that is so much more productive. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are lots of distractions and lots of excuses to be made. And, you know, some of the, some of them are realities. Like, you know, they're always um, scarce resources. No matter how, how, yeah. much, how many resources you have or how much money or time or whatever, it's all scarce when you think about there's only so much to allocate to certain pursuits. And so what I talk about in this book is how do you then go about making those decisions about how you allocate time and money to achieve what you want to do. You know, part of the book you talk about cutting the emotional fat from your life. What does that mean? Um, Well, I talk about it in two uh, respects. Uh, Well, a few respects, but the two biggest ones are um, people, one, uh, and not that all people are emotional fat, but there, I think you are the company you keep. So yeah. if you are trying to achieve a particular goal or trying to put your life together in the way that you envision it for yourself, I think being around and communicating regularly and having support of other driven people driven in that same direction is hugely helpful. Um, when there are times for sure when I get tired, and I almost want to say, you know what, I'm just tired of doing it all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I talked to some of those other friends. One, of, one good friend, I call her the Energizer Buddy. <laughs> uh, because she's also a full-time lawyer. She's a mom of, she's got two boys and she's married. And she's a jazz musician, like tours internationally. Wow. Um, and so I said, okay, really, I got to get my button here because every time I talk <laughs> to you, so I get inspired and she kind of uplift. And we, and we do that for each other. So in terms of people who are not operating or who do not contribute to you like that, I think you got to kind of reassess how much you um, are involved with them. And not to say that they're bad people or what have you, not at all. I think you just kind of want to be around like-minded folks. So that's kind of cutting emotional fat. The other piece of emotional fat is really excuses that we make, mm. um, that we allow ourselves sometimes not to achieve or not to pursue, whether it's failure, failure, fear, failure, or something else, or, you know, I still have the time, I have a demanding job, and I, you know, I have this, I have that, and, and for sure I've made them. And, and there just comes a point where the rubber hits the road, you make up your mind, okay, I either want to do this, or I'm going to stop talking about it. Either way, you know. There, those are two distinct directions and how you kind of cut the fat out of and the fluff out of dancing around it and just make a decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I certainly reson- it resonates with me. I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. I mean, how can you surrounding yourself with like-minded people, the, in, the more that you get around that kind of positive energy, and it sounds so cliche, but it is so true, you are the company, mm-hmm. you, like you said, you are the company you keep. I mean, you are, look at the five people that, you're around the most and that's who you are and sometimes mm-hmm. that, that can be painful when you look at that group of five <laughs> you're like oh my gosh you know <laughs> and, and then look it's not a judgment about no, who yeah, they are right. as a human being right it's just really about who you know it, i think those relationships are reciprocal you keep them inspired they keep you inspired right. but or, or not or they kind of hold you back or one or the yeah. other and, and so if you're determined to be on a particular goal strategy, your work, executing your plan, like who can help you with that, even from just a, a spiritual, keep you uplifted type of place. Yeah. You know, one thing I struggle with, and just early this morning, my wife and I were talking, and she was talking about, we were talking about uh, the business, the entrepreneurial side, and, and I was talking about kind of my peaks and valleys, and, you know, and she says, gosh, you know, the thing that just drives me crazy, you know, she says, 
in her words, she goes, I just feel like I cannot complete anything. I just feel like I start something and then I just don't complete it. I can certainly relate. And I'm sure there's tons of us out there that, that have the same challenge. You know, on that same vein of taking action, how do we do that? And I told her, I said, are you kidding me? You know, just because you can complete things. I don't know if it's, you know, the cliche to say it's ADHD or whatever, but I mean, how do we get past that hurdle of starting something and, and not seeing it through completion? I think there are a lot of things that compete for our attention these days, um, much more than they used to be. So it's kind of hard, I think, to focus on any particular thing. So not only is are they external things like television or Internet, you know, social media, which is moving a mile a minute, but it's also things like, you know, the um, the other obligations that we have in our lives, you know, that's those sorts of things. I, I talk about some strategies and how we kind of combat that, but I will say I have found it easier when you have a long-term goal to then show shorter, achievable, yeah. bite-sized goals. Yeah. So you feel like you're crossing things off your list, like you're working to your goal, towards your goal, um, and you're achieving something. And so those achievements keep you motivated, and you don't feel so flustered that you can't reach your long-term goal because it's less um, within your grasp, so to speak. Yeah. No, I like that. You know, it's a great point because you can get overwhelmed when you, you've got this kind of grandeur vision of this dream of where you want to be. And mm-hmm. then it doesn't, you know, you're not seeing the, the immediate results. I think tied to that, too, that's helped me along the way is understanding that, you know, to get to wherever it is you want to do, whatever your goal is, it's not a series of well-orchestrated plans that are are successful. It's almost like they're, yeah, they're plans and you set out, uh-huh. but it, there's always a setback or no, I didn't account for that. Or so it's always a series of missteps, setbacks. Do I even say failures maybe that, and, but you just keep plugging along and you adjust, you know, based on those little setbacks. And then eventually you reach your goal. I think for me, I used to think it was always a series of per- perfect plans, you know, uh-huh. that led to, to the, to the achievement. I don't know. What do you think about that? No, I absolutely agree with you. Um, you know, we, when we see it in our minds, we see it very linearly. Yeah. It. So it's from here to there, straight line, past the finish line, goal, we win. Um, but, I, but I don't think it's like that in real life. For no. sure, I can say my career and my achievements, even as a small business owner, um, it, it's, we take some steps to the right, <laughs> and we take some steps to the far left. Uh, progressing forward each time, but definitely not in a straight line. Uh, but but as long as we're moving forward, progressing forward, even with the failures, um, seeing those things as progress. And I will tell you, as a type A, that is not my like <laughs> not my strong suit because it's it's pass or fail, win lose, and those sorts of things. Very stark in my mind. But you know, I, I've been reminded time and time again, even in things that I see as failures. I actually went to the edge because I did it, you know? Right. Um, and so I talk about that, talk about some strategies in the book about how you position yourself if you're afraid of fear to overcome it. Yeah. And use it as a propeller as opposed to an obstacle. Yeah, I love that you said that because isn't, and we talk about overcoming fear a lot on the show. And probably the biggest thing that I've learned about talking to people like yourself and, and even in living living it myself is understanding that. The fear and uncertainty never goes away, does it? Never. No matter how no matter how successful you may seem on the outside, uh, you're dealing with self doubt and fear probably on a daily basis, aren't you? 
Absolutely. And and like I said, you know, I'm pretty comfortable in my career space, but there's always something new to learn. There's always something new to deal, do a new deal. And, you know, I, the other day I'm like, oh, my gosh, something is imploding. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> right. Made it. Or it, with, with our business, I will tell you, it involves manufacturing a product and distributing a product. That's not my sweet spot. I'm, I'm as a lawyer, as a trained as a lawyer. My husband's trained as a, a doctor. You don't know anything about manufacturing. So even <laughs> starting that process, getting it off the ground, and, and growing that business is, is a hurdle in and of itself. So it's, it's every day something is new, you know, if you're doing anything, and, and you're dealing with that. It's how do you deal with that, overcome it, and use it to to push your head. Yeah. You seem like a person to me that is that is definitely tuned into. it's all about the journey. It's not about, certainly you have goals and, and, and where you want to be, and I'm sure that you... But you don't seem like a person that says, aha, I've arrived. Um, to me, it seems like you're tapped into life's about a series of journeys. Uh, did I read, Am I reading you right? I, you know what? I'm from the Midwest. And so, yes. <laughs> People are like, what does the Midwest have to do with anything? I, I think everybody puts on their pants one leg at a time. Yeah. So I am, and, and everybody's very much, you know, same playing field. So I, I will never say, you'll never hear me say, I've arrived. Yeah. I've made it. There's lots of mountains to conquer and to, and to diverse. So, absolutely. Yeah. You're absolutely dead on. <laughs> if, if, I, if I hear somebody saying that, the next thing is like, ah, uh-huh, you, you're preparing yourself for a fall, I think, if you're, if you, if you're saying, ah, I've made it, you know, I've arrived. And uh, we, we see that. I've been fortunate, but there's still stuff to do. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. Very good. So, what? who are your, I'm curious, you know, who, oh, sorry about that, who have your heroes been? Oh my gosh, I, honestly, I have so many that I, I don't know, and then just people I do know, uh, you know, her, Oprah, I think, is, of course, amazing, um, just in her personal story, what she's been able to achieve, and, and just really being true to herself and, and, and the message, that, that's particularly awesome, but yeah. that goes, I might pick characteristics from people that I admire. So even if it's my mom, she's, she's um, a person that can communicate with anybody on any level. And I appreciate that. And I strive to make sure that I stay true to that. Or, you know, my best friend from college, he built um, a charter school system of six schools from the ground up. Wow. Which completely blows me away. I mean, just, I, I think there are aspects and achievements and things about each of us that is at all wall. Um, and so I, I kind of try to focus in on those things and pick and choose. Like, man, you know, uh, that's amazing. That characteristic, really, you know, I could probably hone that or use that in some way and talk to me about what you did. Yeah, you're sta- mm-hmm. standing on so many, sh- standing on so many sh- shoulders. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. There's so many shoulders that we're standing on. That that, uh, yeah. And, and I love that you said about your mom. About everybody I talked to on. The show asked that question. They always go back to a parent, and um, it always mm-hmm. sobering to me to remind me of how critical we are, or influential we are to our kids, and so it puts things in proper perspective for me, anyway. So, thank you for sharing and, that. And I will tell you, oh no problem. I will tell you, she um, challenged me very early on. You know, you think for yourself, good, better, and different. You think for yourself, and so um, that really probably encouraged me more to start talking. Yeah. <laughs> In the sense of, I'm very comfortable with, with what, you know, where I am in my spectrum of what's right and wrong, whether that means I'm in a crowd of people or I'm on an island. 
and I, I'm sure she regretted that during my teenage years, in particular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it has actually served me quite well, and, and I don't know um, if she hadn't emphasized that if I'd be the same person, honestly. You, you just never know how things influence you. Yeah. What did she do? What did your mom do? Did she work, or was she staying home? Oh, yeah, she still works. She still um, lives in Indianapolis. She designs call centers and trains people on them. So, you know, came up through, like, Indiana Bell and Texas Tech and all, you know, on the telephone communication side. Well, you talk yeah. about, you talk about in your book a lot nope. about about instincts okay. and um yes and uh, how important is listening to your gut to you? Pretty important, um, and and I can't say I'm dead on um, all the time, but you know I, I I tend to steer wrong when I don't listen to yeah. <laughs> my instincts. Um, I use it to rely heavily on. Um, just assessing a person's character um, and, uh, you know, whether I'm going to do business with them or, you know, kind of bring them in. Is this somebody I can work with or, or, or trust? And I'm heavily intentionally driven. And, um, you know, and, and it's worked for me. It's worked for me. Yeah. What do you think, you know, what do you think some of the biggest challenges we have? Um, obviously, you're in a lot of areas in both business and in home and in life. What do you think some of the biggest challenges that we face on an individual level, um, on a leadership level? Geez, um, I think one is, you know, our attention is, is pulled in so many directions and how do we stay focused? How do we motivate people? How do we delegate? Um, and that's something I always, uh, that's always top on my list in terms of reminding myself I can't do it all. Yeah. Uh, so, so finding good people that you can work with and you can delegate to and then who understand teamwork and then communicating to folks and training folks in that way. Um, I know some people, some other leaders um, operate differently. There's some folks that are focused on kind of hide the ball or worried about training people because they feel like they will take their place. Um, I just operate in a different dynamic because even from a very selfish place, if I train you, we're a great team, I look like a fantastic leader. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the day, I've trained someone who is going to be a, you know, what I presume to be a loyal team member, a productive team member, because they have all, they have the information they need to be successful, and they have the tools they need to be successful. Um, so I'm, I'm big on that. I'm big on that. Love your answer. What, what advice would you give me, a father of four daughters, they're about to enter adulthood. How do I keep them? How do I show them that the world is their oyster, that uh, they can achieve pretty much anything they set their mind to? Just examples. Um, I, I think spending time with them, if they, because you pouring into them means so much, that father-daughter relationship. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm beating my husband up already. He's like, <laughs> our kid can't even talk. <laughs> don't understand how important it is. It's, and their whole self-esteem and self-confidence. Yeah. So I think with that kind of foundation, they'll then know and feel like they can accomplish anything. The world is theirs. Yeah. Well, gosh, what a great example you are setting for a lot of people out there. Um, I think you're a true gem. I love what you're doing, the book that you have, Life at the Speed of Fashion. Um, you're a tremendous example, a great leadership example, a great uh, um, a, a positive example for everybody out there, both men and women alike. So thank you for everything that you're doing. 
thank you, and I'm going to have to take you on the road with me because that was way too nice. <laughs> well, we're here to help. You always have a welcome home here at Dose of Leadership. How can people get in touch with you, Eve, and where can they find your book and, and find a little bit more about you? Um, I'd love for people to get in touch, stay in touch. They can find the book at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Um, it's available now, and it'll be carried in some bookstores. The release date is April 21st. They can follow, um, they can check me out at Eve Wright, one word, W-R-I-T-H-E.us. They can sign up to stay in touch. I'll do blogs and newsletters from time to time, and then I'll post where I'm going to be. Um, I'm going to do, uh, do a tour related to this book, so I'd love for to communicate with folks one-on-one and have them come out and say hello. And then the book site is uh, lifespeedpassion.com. All right. I'll have links to all this on this post when I post this interview. Eve, what a pleasure. I'm so glad to have finally met you. I look forward to staying in touch with you in the future. And, and again, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Uh-huh. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.